Welcome to our Spiritual Resilience Podcast with Reverend Rich Taffel, a transformative leader and executive coach in areas of public policy, social change, and spiritual entrepreneurship. We understand that today's life and social challenges require a more holistic approach, including spiritual tools, thoughtful dialogue, and of course, community building. Join us in the conversation. This week, I want to talk about the dangerous rise of conspiracy theories that are getting mixed in with spirituality and emerging in politics. That's sort of new, really, where you have a mix of conspiracy theories, spirituality, faith, and politics all in one. Um, Conspiracy theories have been with us forever, but this mix where people are actually uh, pulling all three together is a relatively new phenomenon. I thought it would be important for us to uh, go a little deeper on it. Um, I think if we can get a better understanding on it, we can help those who are involved with it and we can also um, be an alternative to it. Uh, I'm gonna be talking about QAnon a little bit today, which I'll get into more depth if you haven't heard about it, but um, it's basic, it, it's, it's a conspiracy theory. And I just wanted to share this quick story that I, uh, conversation, because it sort of sums up the challenge. Um, this person that I knew was a follower of QAnon and he knew about my experience in DC. And um, he said, uh, this is a couple of years ago, but he said like he was following these Q drops and this conspiracy and the Washington, the Kabul and the deep state and all these various things. And he explained it to me in detail. And um, when I just told him, I said, listen, pulling off a conspiracy in Washington is really almost impossible because in DC, there's always an incentive to get secrets out. Um, and the person smiled at me and said, ah, okay. I see you know more than you're letting on. And I admire you for not betraying Q. And he winked and he said, you said the right thing. And your denial is my confirmation. So that just gives you a sense of how complicated this is. I was saying a conspiracy theory didn't exist or wasn't real in my opinion. And they were saying, ah, just your denial of it proves that you're part of it. So that's kind of what we're up against. And I thought I'd start with that quick little story to to give a sense of how complicated this this topic is. Um, So what's going on? First of all, I wanna stress that this is really a crisis of community in my opinion. Uh, We all need community. Uh, The scientific world teaches us this. We know that human beings have a long nine month gestation period and and babies, if they're gonna survive, they have to be cared for. They can't just survive on their own, right? And so we are created beings that are dependent on somebody else to take care of us. When we're born through our life, we might get the illusion that we're independent, but generally if we live a long life, by the end of our life, we will be dependent on some other community again. And so being uh, social is what it is to be human. And this scientific truth that we can see in science is manifested even deeper in a spiritual truth. Our tradition says that uh, we're created with the purpose of loving each other. And in loving each other, we are loving God. And that God, which is love, created us in love. So community and relationship are key to our understanding uh, and meaning and purpose of life. 
In fact, it, it, there's a passage in scripture, anyone who says they love God, but hates their brother doesn't love God. So we are in relationship. We are called to love one another. Um, now, we are also called to live out our faith in some sort of community. And so community is really important. And in fact, as we read from Swedenborg today, he makes a case that we are actually connected to communities, both heavenly and hellish, even outside of our, 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 our communities here on earth. So community is a big, big deal. We need it. It's important. Um, it, it, it's critical for us to live. And it, and it really, in we're people who are going to seek meaning and purpose in our lives. We're going to be looking for it in some community. Someone's going to teach us something and give us insights to explain what's going on today. Now, when community goes bad, is which happens you get in groups we've seen cults uh, false religions and um, other activities where uh, community turns out to be the wrong thing you remember your parents telling you don't hang around with the wrong crowd well if we get into the wrong community we can also be reinforced into that america has a history of people getting into conspiracy theory groups um, it's not new as of right now if you think about the 1950s with the red Gare and and uh, you might remember that uh, in your history that John Birch Society declared President Eisenhower was a Soviet plan. Um, there are many theories about JFK's death. There's theories that we didn't land on the moon, um, and even just most recently with a lot of progressive uh, thinkers that uh, President Trump was a Russian spy. So uh, the idea to explain things we can't explain, we often come up with these conspiracy theories. But now they're uh, doing something quite different. They're morphing into spirituality they're more, uh, in a new way, and they're morphing into being uh, politically engaged. Now, going back to that horrible uh, visual of the Senate chamber where we saw the, uh, Q, the so-called QAnon shaman marching around with the buffalo hat, the mainstream media really couldn't understand what was going on there, but it was really that intersection. He led a prayer, he was chanting, um, it was bizarre, it's strange, but it represents this sort of intersection of uh, new age thinking, um, a lot of evangelical thinking uh, about the end of the world, morphed into political thinking and conspiracy theories. And there we go. Um, so I have my own theory of what might be driving some of this right now. And that would be that um, as we try to make meaning, um, which we always do as human beings, we're gonna be looking for something that gives us a big picture. Now throughout recorded history, most cultures held a narrative, something like this, that we're spiritual beings, we're in this world, but there are gods or a great God, um, but there was a spiritual force involved in our life and pretty much cultures around the world developed with some sort of spiritual story in addition to their earthly story. But about 300 years ago um, in our modern you know, enlightenment world uh, where we developed science and, and materialism and, and so forth, a new narrative came into being and it really teaches us that the only thing that exists is what we can see and measure. We're chemical reactions um, within ourselves that describe our behavior, we're bumping into each other. Um, and there's no real meaning or purpose to life as much. There's no afterlife. 
there's no God, there's no transcendent, there's no supernatural. Everything can be explained through studying, through science. And the fact that our, we're in this universe right now it was really a cosmic accident. Um, our existence is simply that we survive through an evolutionary process. And when we die, the only thing that will be left will be the memories we leave behind. And, um, you know, it, it adopted that well, uh, for a well-educated elite culture, it's, it's the dominant theory right now. Um, you, you may have heard me say this before, but very often people will say, you know, you seem so smart, I can't understand why you'd invest in the Christian myth or waste your time in church. Or another person said to me recently, I view your prayers as nothing more than a crazy person talking to himself. There's nothing there, Rich. So very dismissive of anything that's uh, transcendent. And that world is pretty flat. There's no spiritual, there's no God, there's nothing. And that's what's been given to many in this generation to make sense of the world. That sort of, that's the, that's, that's the narrative. And the narrative basically um, continues with, you know, your purpose is really to, as a kid, to get a good education, which will get you a good job, which will find you a good spouse, which will raise you a good family, which will make you enough money to have a good life. And then when you're exhausted, you can retire on a good pension to enjoy your final years. So it's pretty much getting on onto that. There's nothing about um, you can doing good and doing the right thing. There are, there are morals and certainly secular people who don't ascribe to any religious belief um, often live more moral lives than people who have religious faith, but it's not, there's not a transcendent. It doesn't make sense of anything spiritual. So I personally believe, and this is just me, this is not a, this is, you won't read this anywhere else. I think this uh, flat materialistic cultural view is actually contributing uh, to these conspirituality uh, groups that are rising up that mix a transcendent with conspiracy, with politics, to give meaning and make sense of things. Um, they are stepping into the space where faith used to live and faith is very much less a part of the culture now. So people don't necessarily have that, but um, with QAnon, which is the group I wanna to talk to a little bit about today, it really does fuse uh, spirituality in politics um, if you don't know about it, um, it's, it's a bit complicated, but it, in a nutshell, and this is just a quick summary, it believes there's a deep state, uh, meaning there's a couple of elite people who are running our government, running our culture, running our society, um, and they're nefarious. They are actually in, engaging in child abuse. Um, they would be like Hillary Clinton, Ellen, Oprah, Bill Gates, and others are running these networks at the highest levels of both political parties. Donald Trump was elected really to reveal the conspiracy. Q is a person with a Q level of government uh, um, uh, access, which is a high level access, is a government figure who leaves secrets to uh, the group called Q drops to tell you what's going on um, and give you, it's like a, almost a game theory, leaves almost like poems and you have to sort it out. So hundreds of thousands of people, believe it or not, on the internet are sorting out whatever Q says. And um, they've come to believe it's gotten, um, it's grown and grown to the point where they believe that JFK Jr. who was killed in a plane crash is alive and leading the fight um, behind the scenes. And, um, but the ultimate promise was that President Trump had a plan 
to overthrow the government using the National Guard and to arrest the elites and have them arrested and then maybe even killed. And so they were watching their TV screens during the inauguration, waiting for the moment when the National Guard turned on the president and arrested all the people on the up there. And so, of course, we know this didn't happen, but the power of this sort of conspiracy cult thinking is that you keep adjusting the conspiracy to fit the circumstances. So now some of them believe Biden is in on the program with Q. Other believe that the, the, the National Guard will make their move at another time. And this uh, keeps breathing uh, excitement into the, into the movement. Some people are now disillusioned and saying, wow, I mean, why did I believe in this? This is crazy, this wasn't true. But for the most part, where I've seen at least, people are kind of morphing it. So I, I think it's something we're going to have to deal with. Um, so the one thing uh, important in understanding Q or, or if you're, because you know, I want us to be practical, how can we help people who are in these situations and what can we do as a church to protect people from, from getting in them? Um, uh, the one thing about it is what I described last week in my sermon on evil, where I pointed out that evil never comes to us directly, but it works with things that are true already in our life, and it morphs them and works with them and twists them. So um, the one thing I want to say about Q is a lot of the things that they're stressing uh, have, have truth to it. Uh, and and that's where uh, it gets comp. That's where I think they start. Um, it believes that elite people get access and benefits much more more so than the average person. Is that true? I would say it's probably it's true. Um, it, the elite can often behave in immoral ways that are protected through their money and access. I think that's true. Uh, politicians pretend to care, but they're often just self interested. I would say that's true. Um, there's a so-called deep state or a political class that holds power in our country that's not elected. I personally would think there's some truth to that. Um, I've been grateful for it, frankly, at times. Um, they believe that, um, that the elite culture looks down on them. I would say that's probably true. And uh, that as elites keep getting better off, I'm getting worse off. And we can look at the charts on income inequality, particularly during the pandemic, uh, which ex ex exacerbated everything. And we can see that's true. So I just wanna acknowledge that in any of these things, it starts off with a grain of some truth in a person's life and their experience, and then it works from there. Um, so I believe that this drive for us, that we need community that people are suffering now more than ever, that we're more isolated even coming into the pandemic by being uh, online. And the fact that our materialistic worldview that we're being sold isn't really giving us uh, meaning and purpose. I think that combination has created this situation. And I think we have to understand it before we can even address it. So what can we do? I think we can do sort of what we're doing right now actually is to build communities that live in truth are open to different viewpoints, but based in love. And that can uh, speak and embrace both science and faith and a variety of political solutions to things. I think that's really in short supply right now. I think we need to teach our kids and our friends uh, to be suspicious of any group that demands unquestioned loyalty, whether it's a political movement or a religious movement. Um, 
We need to be aware of any group that tells you their leader or their group tells you to move away from the people, from your loved ones. Um, and we need to really begin teaching critical thinking skills that understand that the world's very complex and there are paradoxes and it's complicated instead of binary left, right solutions to everything. And we need to uh, create communities that really respect viewpoints outside of one bubble. So I think that's something that church can provide and um, that we can provide and we can become a model for. Now, another question people ask is how do you actually engage someone who's in a conspirituality uh, group? Um, and the answer is it's very tough. Um, in my experience, conspiracy theories generally work in a circular logic. Um, in the story that I told at the beginning of the sermon, the more I denied the person's thoughts about QAnon, the more I was confirming it. So it's, it's very, very often very difficult uh, work to do, but I think it's important. Um, people who are involved in conspiracy theory groups and communities have invested a lot of their life in it. It's become their social network in many cases cases and it's given them meaning and purpose and a way to understand the world and so they're not going to give that up easy um, i don't think there's an easy answer to this but i think we we need to begin wrestling with it because i don't see it going away i did think of eight suggestions based on my experience dealing with conspiracy groups and i want to share those with you one uh, engage everybody with love and listen what they have to say do not shame people or call, or, call, or call them stupid. We know that that just never works. It never works in our life. So once you say that, you're, you're alienating people. Um, for me, I often do try to share common ground. For example, some of the things they might say, I could say, see some truth to. I think it's very important to speak the truth in direct terms. So even though that might end the conversation, just say the truth. Um, if the conversation continues, you can engage them in the deeper reasons why they're involved with the group. And that has been very revealing for me when I've been able to do that. And um, another solution is to find other topics to engage in than the one they're talking about now. So just humanize them and their complexity and talk about other things that are important to them and, and go there because this topic, uh, probably you're gonna hit a wall. Um, be prepared that they're gonna walk away and you might be prepared to walk away too. You have to make that decision. If you can be patient, uh, very often they, can, they will come back to you. Uh, they can come back to you, but it could take, take a while. But I think those are the things that I have tried to do. I don't know if these are um, how this all works. I, I recently did have another case where a young man arrived at the church. I was told, I was in my office and they said, there's someone in the sanctuary who's been waiting to meet with you and had been buzzed in and said, said my name and um, wanted to get buzzed in. And he had just gotten off a plane from Arizona and he'd come to meet with me. And he had a numerical system where the books of the Bible and the passages and uh, all added up to certain numbers. The numbers all added up to certain messages. The messages had sort of a QAnon thing uh, to it. And then he said that our church had certain number of windows in it. And somehow he had read something that I'd written and my words added up to a code. And so it was a code about windows and numbers, and it kept coming up to a certain number. The number means this, and it means that there's um, evil at the Pentagon that must be revealed, and that he was called to come to me to ask for my support and working on to solve this crime, basically, to be a sleuth with him using this numerical system and unmask the criminals. 
So to be honest, I was, I was nervous because I was alone in the church by myself. Um, so, you know, as loving as I'm claiming we all should be, I, I was a little slightly anxious and I kind of looked around and I looked at his bag. <laughs> um, but I engaged and I listened. And, you know, I said to him, you know what? I hold some strange beliefs. I said, I believe in angels and demons and spirits and spiritual energy. And so people could laugh at me too. But um, I said to him, you know, I've been in Washington. There certainly are people that control things and um, politicians are often play acting. I get that. Um, but I told him I didn't, understand what he was saying, that his theory didn't make sense. I did try to understand it. I you know, it didn't make sense. And um, then as we talked a little further, he did explain about trauma in his life and abuse as a child. And this seems to be, there's some, there seems to be something there. Uh, I don't know that we've completely delved the depths of this, but there seems to be a tra trauma uh, in many folks' lives. So if they can share that. Um, he eventually left. He was not satisfied. I can say I was relieved uh, when he left, to be honest, because I, I did get nervous and I was trying to call in other people in the building to come to the space. So um, I'm not sure why, but maybe I'm a magnet for this, but this does happen on numerous occasions. I do get emails like this. Um, I do tell people that when they insult me, which often they do, if I don't agree, then that's the end of the conversation. And that's unfortunate. So that's, that's my on the ground efforts that I want to share with you. And you might have similar uh, experiences and strategies but um, I've never heard anybody that I've talked to say, wow, you know, you're right. I see the light after the conversation. Uh, usually it takes a lot to break down these, these walls. And I think that the power of love, um, unconditional love, while not agreeing with people can be very powerful. I think this is gonna be a big challenge for our country and for <laughs> churches. Um, so in this battle, I do think that we need to develop healthy communities um, that make help people make sense of their life and give them meaning. And we've got to invest ourselves in and finding new ways to create these loving communities based in truth. And I think church is a good, good place to start. Um, in our relationships, we can build bonds of trust through love. We do have to hold people accountable for their actions, particularly when their actions lead to danger. We are seeing now these conspiracies often lead to action that could be dangerous. And so we have to have justice and accountability. But um, that, that goes without saying, but I want to say it because people sometimes confuse my interest in understanding and compassion with a lack of justice. So I'm, not, I'm not saying these are separate. You have to have justice. But I do believe that we have to build communities that engage people's hearts and their minds and their souls so we can address their deepest needs as they try to find meaning and purpose. Amen. Amen. And we can have, we will have a discussion. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Spiritual Resilience Podcast with Reverend Rich Taffel. We invite you to reach out to us with your questions and comments, as well as proposed topics for discussion. Sending you love and light. Till next episode.